Good afternoon. This is the weekly wrap for Friday, March 24th. Wow, what a week. Uh, More contagion uh, in the world of banking and banking crisis. Over the weekend, we had a fallout of Credit Suisse, a pretty large Swiss bank that ended up having to get bailed out and a forced merger with another bank. And then other small to medium-sized banks keep popping up on the radar here in the United States. The Federal Reserve came in on Wednesday and raised rates a quarter a point. Uh, Much of the market was divided on that uh, approach. Many thought they should have paused and put their pride in uh, their pocket and acknowledged the crisis that they have created in the world of the banking, but they did not. They reiterated their uh, desire to crush inflation. So it appears that what they're going to do is... um, backstop these banks and and stabilize them and and make lines of credit available we did expand the federal government's uh, excuse me the federal reserve's balance sheet three four hundred trillion dollars a lot of that money was used to stabilize some banks Uh, and so they're going to do both they're going to keep rates elevated and they are going to support banks that are falling under uh, the pressure of these increased rate hikes so they're doing both at the same time Uh, The private sector market, the bond market, and many in the trade believe that the Fed will be forced to lower rates sooner than later. So the bond market uh, will be pricing in uh, a full 1% rate cut by the end of this year, starting in July. And so they they believe that the Federal Reserve will be forced to do an about-face relatively quickly. The Federal Reserve denies this. They say that they will keep rates elevated for longer. Uh, So you have a major clash brewing in the market between the private sector and the Federal Reserve. Now, this is nothing new. If you remember back in 2021, the Federal Reserve failed to acknowledge inflation uh, and acknowledged that they would probably not be raising rates until 2023, maybe even 2024. Of course, inflation in 2022 raged, forcing them to raise rates for four and a half percent in just 2022. So their track record is not very good in making these long-term calls. And I think the market is uh, unfortunately stressed. The banking system is stressed and uh, there's been a lot of managed money flight out of commodities uh, in response. So a lot of what we're seeing in the sell-off in crude oil and grains and a lot of these commodities are our banks uh, and managed money essentially taking their chips off the table and going home in fact what's even scarier is they're developing short positions so we've got as of today's report a short position in wheat combined just underneath a hundred thousand contracts in the corn market the in in a shocking uh, sort of speed of movement they removed their 220 230,000 contract long in corn and actually flipped and went short um, in a month and so they sold some 280,000 contracts of corn in one month now that we've got the CFTC data updated uh, that would be a record ex- exit of a market and Uh, It's pretty incredible that the managed money, the speculators, have sold 1.5 billion bushels of corn, roughly, in 30 days, and the market absorbed it really quite handily. Sure, the corn market fell 70 cents, but that's what happens when you overwhelm the market with so much selling in such a short period of time. The cash market can't keep pace. 
But since then, of course, the market has rebounded and we're really only down about 40 cents off the highs uh, from just a few months ago. And we have stimulated uh, a fair amount of cash market demand from China. They came in uh, this last Thursday. We sold 3 million metric tons of corn to various players around the world. That was the third largest week of corn buying in the last 20 years. So when you get this kind of mass exodus by speculative money based on their view of the world, which is more worried about banks and money flow uh, and Federal Reserve policy than they are fundamentals, when they do this kind of aggressive sell-off, you, you want to see demand. You want to see cash market demand step in. And that's exactly what has happened. A very similar development is happening in the cotton market. Funds were basically neutral on cotton. They have now built out a 25,000 contract short in cotton, uh, believing that eventually we're going to have a recession and it will lead to a downfall in cotton demand. But that is not what's happening. We've had uh, another very good week of cotton sales. We sold 310,000 bales. And next week is projected to be pretty good as well. So certainly by the end of the month, beginning of next month, we're going to hit the USDA's target on cotton export sales. So similar story there. Uh, when you see this much selling by speculators, you want the cash market to step in and respond. And that's what we're seeing. And so this divergence that started with a breakdown in the weekly charts, we use that as sort of a, uh, a major view on managed money and, and the flip. We saw it in corn uh, here just a few weeks ago. We saw it in beans just this week. We saw it in cotton here about two weeks ago. Uh, that's the sign of managed money's view of the world changing very dramatically and going from long to short. And so that will not flip back anytime soon. It normally, when they do this, they will do their best to defend this newly found short position for several months uh, before they realize the, they are either right or they are wrong. The irony is, is that we're sitting on some of the tightest global stocks ever for corn uh, on a stocks to use ratio, the tightest stocks uh, globally for wheat ever. Uh, and then beans, because of the large losses in Argentina, maybe not quite as tight, but still pretty tight. And it is leading to a uh, further tightening of the balance sheet as we are now introducing this new demand. For cotton, the United States balance sheet is relatively loose, but it could get pretty tight. If we keep seeing two, 300,000 bales of sales per week, we could tighten up the U.S. balance sheet very dramatically here for the old crop here. So again, this timing is um, lengthy. It is not a quick process for the funds to not only exit these positions, but then to get back in. And you know, the other headlines that we've been talking about for a while continue to play out. China reopening leading to more demand for U.S. corn has been wonderful. More demand for cotton more demand for crude oil and wheat, even though they're buying a lot of those two commodities under the table from Russia, but the demand is real nonetheless. Russia did grab some headlines this morning with their announcement, um, kind of a fake announcement about limiting fertilizer exports, limiting wheat exports, got the wheat market kind of jacked up this morning, but Russia headlines are typically always designed to manipulate markets and never to be taken seriously. 
What is more likely is that the Ukraine wheat supply has been drained. Russia has stolen quite a bit of it and has now shipped it all out. And so that is probably the more likely scenario. Ukrainian grain experts uh, came in with uh, large drawdowns in planted acres again because of the war. No surprise there. That will be an ongoing progression. Uh, Ukrainian grain production over the next few years is probably headed to zero. Um, as far as you know, the timing of these markets, it looks like to me that uh, if the Federal Reserve is forced to flip their position, I, I'm guessing that in May, they're probably not going to raise rates as they said they were going to. They're probably going to pause in May. And then sometime in the June-July time frame, as this banking crisis continues to grab hold, they'll be forced to flip and start lowering rates. And that would lead to uh, a flip in sentiment by managed money. The dollar should continue to roll over at that point, and then it'll be a risk-on environment, and inflation will have to take a back seat at that point. And so I'm guessing that uh, with the fundamentals so incredibly strong, basis levels continuing to rally, uh, the markets inverting to insane levels now, the May-July on both corn and beans, over 20 cents. These are record-wide inversions for this time of year. Um, you know, so the cash markets continue to signal incredibly strong demand and or very tight supplies. Uh, that story has not gotten away. In fact, it's actually gotten more intense. We will get some USDA data next week, Friday. We will get their first run at planted acres for next year. And then we will get uh, the quarterly stocks report, which will update sort of what is lying around in corn, beans, and wheat here in the United States. So two pretty important pieces of data. But until then, I'm guessing since the funds have spent so much time and energy building out these new short positions, the market is going to chop and grind through the end of the month and probably um, you know, continue to be very volatile. It is going into April when they realize the scale and the enormity of the mistake that they have made, in my opinion, on exiting these long positions in grains and building out these big short positions, um, you know, going into the weather market of, you know, this year with world stocks so tight, the world is hypercritical. It is very critical that we make good record yields. Now, we're not off to the best start. Um, the Delta has suffered with some cool, wet weather. We had a hard freeze on corn in Louisiana, took some losses there, some forced some replanting in that area, very wet in the southern corn belt, um, and then, of course, uh, extraordinary snowpack in North Dakota, parts of South Dakota. Uh, the weather models show no improvement in that ability to melt anytime in the next two to three weeks. So we will be talking about, I'm guessing, sometime in early May about more prevent plant acres in the Dakotas. Uh, that will further tighten the balance sheet regardless of what the planning intentions show here at the end of the week. And then, of course, it's game on with U.S. weather from there forward uh, where we will need to have record yields to maintain uh, any semblance of a normal balance sheet. So for the next two to three weeks expect more chopping and grinding trade we will form a bottom uh, here i believe in the grain complex we probably have in wheat uh, after today's price action probably have in corn might have some more liquidation in the soybean market but in april we will start to have more of a a, a generally firming trend 
And then as we get into May and realize the, the reality of the fact that we are going to run out of corn and we are going to run out of beans in the United States, it will lead to incredibly volatile trade later in the summer, June, July, August. And so we're going to see these targets that I absolutely maintain we're going to see. Still looking for that 720, 730 corn. Still looking for $16 beans. Still looking for that 90 to 95 cent cotton. But uh, those will not play out until we get to the July contracts on all of those. Depending on the weather, we'll reestablish kind of our targets on new crop. But again, no changes as any in any of my views on the long-term um you know, view of old crop and then new crop, uh, you know, we're going to get back to those levels that that low $6 new crop corn, that $14 new crop bean, uh, and that low 90 cent area new crop cotton. Those will all be areas where we will advance marketing and risk management at that point. Uh, wheat, again, no change in my opinion there. Still got to get that Kansas City wheat crop a lot closer to $10 before we do any marketing there and get that uh, Chicago wheat contract a lot closer to 950 before we do any marketing there. Okay, that's it for this week. I will be putting out a video with new charts and new data over the weekend. That'll probably come out uh, late Sunday, early Monday morning. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Take care.